0: Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. And welcome to another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the monolithic guild to my fantasy dystopia, Mister Robert Lundgren. How you doing?
1: Hello, hello. I am doing better than you. <laughs> yes, that is a true statement. <laughs> Today has been the headache
0: day. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm surprised you're here. It's all right. Got to push on, push on.
1: Well, we, we we don't have a lot of options because if we delay, I mean, like baby baby time is imminent,
0: imminent, uh, extremely imminent, especially since uh, the the last time we did comparison pictures this morning, uh, Jessica has definitely done the drop. Ooh, oh my! So uh, Amelia is imminent. Uh,
1: what what you're saying is I'm uh, I'm the one who's probably going to be uh, editing and assembling this podcast. Good
0: chance of that. <laughs> So prepare yourself
1: in mind and body. Oh, I'm I'm ready. I am I am ready. Bonesaw's ready. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bonesaw's <is> ready. <laughs> Get out oh. here. Okay. Of all the of of all the uh, wrestlers, I, I miss I miss Bonesaw the most. <laughs> Dude, what? We live in a kind of a weird world, man. We we've lost our our rowdy Roddy piper. We've lost our our uh God, now I can only think of Bonesaw. I can't even think of his regular name.
1: Uh Macho Man Randy Macho Savage. Macho Man Randy sorry.
0: Savage for crying out loud. Do
1: you hear that anger in Jonathan's voice? Do you hear that that just just undercurrent of rage? That is headache Jonathan talking. <laughs> headache Jonathan. Today, the Sam Jackson level in his internal monologue is quite high and ready to erupt.
0: Staying with the uh Sam Jackson theme though. Can I just say how brilliant that uh little piece of humor i found on the internet was prepping for this episode tell, tell
1: him tell him tell him it's uh, funny. it
0: is a picture of samuel l jackson and he is a uh, magic the gathering card and it just says samuel jackson god when samuel l jackson enters play the other player loses
1: yeah sounds right sounds right seems legit <laughs> anyway anyway we're getting off topic oh my the heater's on <laughs> It snowed today, sorry It, it, it usually doesn't it come on still, this late
0: uh, Is it still the winter for you?
1: Oh yeah, oh oh yeah yeah, It's still winter up here, eh? Yeah, um, it snowed today It's going to snow tonight too Ice falling from the sky, Jonathan, it's fascinating And, and, and you know what? So I know you have this image of your, in your head Of what snow looks like, but did you know that you're wrong? Because every time it snowed in Texas Where those little like ice rocks Would fall from the sky That's actually not snow you know, it's it's actually just little bitty hail's, but Texans call it snow. Snow comes down in these delightful like flakes and and like blankets and stuff. Like when it snows really heavily, like these big old like chunks of interconnected snowflakes come know down. I've left Texas, right? I'm not travel averse, but okay, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I uh, <laughs> I have experienced snow. Honestly, uh, when I lived in Texas, my, my, I mean, I, I visited the, f- the, the family in Minnesota and whatnot, but I, uh, in my adult life, you know, all I'd seen was Texas snow. And just coming here and realizing, no, no, that's Texas snow. Uh, uh, once again, one of the many things that Texas does, interestingly, versus you know, everywhere else. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, oh this, is, this is much more pleasant. Like the weather, just not in Texas, is so much more pleasant, Jonathan.
0: <laughs> you know, I've experienced blizzard as well. And not just Blizzard on the computer. I mean, like, Blizzard Blizzard.
1: Ah, waka waka waka. <laughs> that's about as good as you're going to get tonight, so you better get used to it. Uh, I will keep my wakas and my waka wakas uh, handy, and I will dish them out liberally for your, uh, for your jokes, in air quotes. By, th- by the way, I just want you to know, Jonathan, my only goal tonight is to get you to start screaming at me.
0: Nah, that's not going to happen, buddy.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, as always... We want to start out our episode with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys help us keep the lights on, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Without you, the show wouldn't nearly be as um, haphazard. <laughs> Dude, you are so negative. We, we put together that. quite the show. We do. We do. I'm very proud of what we do.
1: We put together a great show. We have a very pleasant chaos. We're not even all that chaotic. It sounds like chaos, but we've like got this down. No, we do. We
0: do. We do. A lot of the chaos is behind us
1: truth be told. Yes, the, the, very very much so, very much.
0: And the, the little chaos that we have left gets edited out by you. Yeah, yeah, or we leave it in because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the chaos involving me and my inability
1: to not use the F-bomb. <laughs> Sometimes I leave those in because <laughs> in a PG-13 movie, you can drop one F-bomb as long as it's not referring to anything uh, of the sexy variety. If you're using it as a descriptor as in 1408, that is in an evil effing room, you can get away with that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Wow, and one of my children is screaming like the devil. <laughs> I'll have that very soon. Yes. Grats. Mazeltov. <laughs> you know what Lincoln said yesterday? Is that a thing you posted on Facebook? <laughs> yes. Do share. That was a good story.
0: <laughs> so, all the kids are going to bed, and I'm kissing them each goodnight, and um, he and I have been talking about monsters earlier, because that's what, Kids and, and
1: dads do Yeah that's what daughters and dads do I do that with a1 frequently
0: Yeah that's why I said kids Because it's, it's yeah. all four of mine yeah, yeah, And so jokingly I looked at him I said hey don't let those monsters bite you tonight And he looks at me And I swear to you he looks right into the windows of my soul I mean just deep With this coy little smile on the edge of his <laughs> On the edge of his mouth <laughs> And he says oh I won't I'll just punch him I'll punch him right in the penis <laughs> 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 it's that moment as a parent where you're like trying to interpret the words that just came out of your child's mouth, and there's it like breaks you for a second, and it's like uh how shall I describe this? It, it, it's it's like the fan belt kind of skips for a second, the whole engine seizes, and your brain <laughs> just tries to wrap itself around it for a moment, and then once once like sanity comes screaming back in, you you realize what they said, and you're like oh whoa 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 and then of course there's the whole conversation
1: yeah and you gotta you gotta do that thing where it's like i shouldn't laugh i shouldn't laugh i don't need to encourage this but it was (laughs) real funny (laughs) right in the junk (laughs)
0: there you go i'm raising it i'm raising a junk puncher i'm i'm gonna wow
1: i heard that yeah, yeah, they're they're giving him time out. He is he is singing the song of his people. My goodness. That was uh Let me go turn off the monitor so it doesn't wow. carry cuz he's going to scream.
0: What Robert doesn't know is that we've started filming Lost World 3 in his house.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh yeah, he, he's a uh, he screams real good. He screams it's nice and loud and full of just angst and anger. I can hear it through my wall right now. It's good yeah. times. It's good times. And it is the song of his people. I, I, I've uh, I've tried to pick up the uh, the throat screeching of of Miles's people, but I, I just can't quite do it like he can.
0: He uh, he is uh, I mean honestly, with a screech like that, he's about twenty minutes shy of a Nirvana album.
1: Yeah, true that, true that. It's funny his uh, his sister screamed really good too, but she had more like the canary cry from you know black black canary you know in the DC universe. Like it hurt, like like Gina has permanent hearing damage from it. <laughs> But his is just—it's uh, so much more. Simultaneously, rage and I am being stabbed by a slasher killer in a horror movie. It's—it's uh, it's just so good. It's so good. Well, Jonathan, sir, friend of mine, uh, have uh, Miles is singing me into, uh, into oblivion. This. Sweet, sweet oblivion. The sweet oblivion. No, uh, uh, happy uh, happy cheese doodle day. Today is National Cheese Doodle Day. I don't even know what a cheese doodle is, but I'm very happy
0: that you've wished me this.
1: Uh, it is a uh, a Cheeto, uh, the puffy kind. Why don't
0: they just call it a Cheeto?
1: Cheeto, like Kleenex, is a brand name and describes a an, uh, uh, particular company's cheese doodle, where cheese doodle in general describes the whole milieu of generic and Cheetos I all together. thought
0: the generic word was cheese puff.
1: Apparently not. Apparently, according to my thing, it's cheese doodle. That's what I read. I'm going to go stick with it. Now you've got me. I'm okay. I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> just just double checking.
0: I feel like I'm trapped in a Quentin Tarantino script.
1: Uh that's that's actually what I go for. I when I got married, I looked at my wife right in the eye right before we got married and I said, "You know, I'm 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 not particularly intelligent or successful, but the thing I can give you is I can give your life like a pulp fiction Joss Wheatness script every day for the rest of your life." And she said, "Well, I guess that'll have to do."
0: I don't really have words for that.
1: I I was looking desperately for a sentence, but I just, I'm going to sit here. See? Well, that's because that's you're just not in the script, sir. You're not in the script. Yeah, cheese doodle. Are you ready for a great snack and orange fingers? Happy National Cheese Doodle Day. March 5th is the annual celebration for the cheddar cheese coated puffed or crunchy fried or baked snack food. And uh, they don't know who invented it, but to observe it, grab a bag or a tub of cheese doodles. A tub. And use the hashtag National Cheese Doodle Day to post on social media.
0: Uh, you, did you ever watch that old show Tuck, uh, Chuck? Yes. Okay. You remember when uh, Chuck gets? Uh, I, I can't remember whether it was a girlfriend or his job or he loses something, but then he comes in with this like massive, like Costco-sized bin of cheese doodles. That's all I've got.
1: That that's 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 why I think Shazam's gonna be okay, because I really like that guy. <laughs> no,
0: I like him too. I like him too. Uh Shazam looks like it's gonna be a hot mess. I'm just I'm I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping that it's salvageable. I just I maybe it's just a bad trailer.
1: I'm not disagreeing that it's gonna be a hot mess, but I think it's gonna be a very watchable, entertaining hot mess. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. God, that kid is just going nuts.
0: It's alright. Let him let him embrace the rage Robert.
1: Oh, oh. So he does this thing where he gets mad and he throws his blankie into a spot that he can't reach it. And then he freaks out that he can't get it. And that's what he's doing.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. That reminds me of when Chloe was really young and she used to get angry like that. Except that she'd, like, slap herself across the face and then she'd get angry that it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd just be sitting there I'm like,
1: this is great. I don't even have to spank the kid. The kid's self-spanking. Oh. That, that's kid logic. I, oh, man. Yeah, what? She, had,
0: she had such rage, too. She's, like, standing there, right, looking me right in the eye. And I'm like, that is not okay. You are not allowed to do that. And she just gets that look of grit and determination on her face. And she takes her hand, opens it up, and looks at me. And I'm like, that's going to hurt. <laughs> Smacks herself across the face as hard as she can. And I'm like, that didn't feel good, did it? And you could just see it. Just the edges of her eyes start to quiver, the edges of her mouth. And then she just turns around and just lets loose this
1: rage scream. <laughs> Should we title epi- this episode, Forgot my nice 58? Uh, if you don't have kids and you don't want any, here you go.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stories from the trenches, folks. <laughs> All right, let's get
1: started. This, We've been
0: This recording for- was not in the manual. I'm just saying. We've been doing this for 15 minutes, and we're not even on off the shelf yet. This this episode's going to be brought to you by the letters hot and mess.
1: (laughs) Shazam, coming to a theater near you. (laughs) Positive, positive podcast. I said it was going to be watchable and entertaining. Hot mess. Hot mess.
0: (laughs) All right, well. (laughs) without any further ado let's go ahead and see where this rabbit hole goes uh it is time for our off the shelf segment this is of course the segment where we tell you all the things that we've had off of our shelf and onto our tables and of course robert into our hearts so let's change it up let's go in order today uh how about some board games
1: oh my god i pick on you once and you're going crazy so we were playing games with Eowyn, and she got a little frustrated at the serial game. I was talking to her, and I'm like, do you want to do a board game where we all work together and we try to beat the board itself? And she, like, looked at me and was like, what is what is this sorcery that you were talking about, Father? And I'm like, oh, oh, let me introduce you to the wider world of board games. So we dusted off uh, Pandemic Light and uh, played some Forbidden Island with nice. the kiddo. Yeah. And we had to do it really, really, I guess, like future sad because um it was the one from my old store and i know we have like the flood marker somewhere but we lost it (laughs) and and we've moved twice since i last saw it so i'm like i know it's around just not it's probably in a box somewhere so what we did was we went and took a picture of it off the internet and then like cut out the marker and then just started like moving it around on the image (laughs) to, to figure out where the flood was Oh, uh, it was so much fun but yeah yeah uh for ben island uh played it with the kid she was kind of getting the hang of it she she started losing interest because it was we started playing it a little too late i think i wish we could play it during the day but those those boys those boys those little babies ruin everything just like they're ruining this segment jonathan one of them is just screaming still
0: that's okay that's okay Hold yeah. on, i'm gonna take another picture in texas for you so don't open this one either uh okay well, that's cool. You know, co op is important. I, I actually prefer playing co ops with the kids because the last time I played a game, <laughs> that day about when Carlos had his teenage angst moment uh, when we were playing Survive. No. Well, in that case, yes, I played some Survive, Survive Escape from Atlantis with the kids. And it was fantastic up until the point where I discovered that um, uh, Touchy Junior High Child is touchy. and as it turns out touchy junior high child did not like it when uh six-year-old ten-year-old and dad uh saw an opening for complete evisceration and all acted on it well we well three of us had a lot of fun um the other one was very upset but i think that was more the teenage hormone speaking than the uh actual game yeah, Survive still feels fresh, even though it's it's actually a really, really old game. I think it's like it 30 is. years old now.
1: Yeah, it's a supremely old game. I've actually never played it. No, that's a lie. I did play it once. That's right. But I did not get nearly enough of it because it, it was just uh, it was like the first year or two of the store. And and we played it and I, it was actually like a busy day. So I was only half paying attention because, you know, I had to like run the shop you know make the money or something but yeah it was good it's, it's
0: a reasonably simple game but when you add the uh expansions into it it's actually quite fun it's a good game yeah i, I yeah. highly suggest it
1: it's been quite the week over on the facebook group ray has has told us two pretty cool things one he's been playing uh dark moon on the board game geek forums which i don't even know how that works but i'm fascinated
0: yeah i i kind
1: of want to get on that too do you think you need a copy of the game to like have positioning well, i would imagine so because there's cards i think decks. Of yeah cards yeah okay that makes sense and then um he also he's he's also super proud uh I remember on his very his first uh interview with us way way back in like the thirties. Uh, he was talking about how he really wanted to get um, Sales of Glory, and he finally got it for himself. And I'm like, wow, that that's dedication. Because you know, sometimes I say things like that out loud, and then like you know, two years later, I've completely forgotten and don't care anymore. But no, no, Ray was Ray was serial about that. He wanted that game.
0: I have been flirting with that game for quite some time now, and it just got reprinted, and so I've been seeing it everywhere, and I'm having a real hard time not buying it.
1: <laughs> Seems up your alley. You 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 like Age of Sail? I do i i think it's under vikings but just so no it's age of sale it's firmly age of sale it's sale first and then vikings is are there just less age of sale board games so you always get the viking board games is that it no i just like bi- vikings i mean like what's but the But what do you like more like 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 if you had a viking game like that you really wanted and an age of sale game and they were both equally good what would what would steer your ship where would you go
0: man that would just depend on the day
1: Oh, it's one of those. They're both in the top spot, depending on how you feel. So, what does headache, Jonathan, feel? Are you a Viking today, or are you? Oh, an are you pirate? Viking.
0: I've got inner rage, like like nobody's <laughs> business.
1: Nice. It's a okay. good thing my hate pledge came because
0: that's basically me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, and one last thing uh, over on the website. Since we're talking about Ray, uh, forgot my dice is apparently an authorized marketplace for Greenly Roasting Greenly yes. Coffee. So smooth, you'll think you're drinking silk. That's kind of dark and out of your coffee cup. That's true. The analogy is getting away from me, but yes.
0: And and allow me to uh, also extend a deep, deep personal thank you to Ray. Uh, He sent me a couple bags of coffee as well with a lovely note uh, reminding me that soon I will never sleep again as I'm having another (laughs) chop. But Ray was very sweet, and I appreciate it very greatly. And I cannot wait. To, I cannot wait to be muttering the f word repeatedly at uh, three thirty in the morning while sipping on a on a cup of the coffee.
1: Oh, that was such a sick bird! I felt that from here.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah. It was yeah. so yeah. space He knew exactly time. what he was doing. He stung a little bit. Stung a little bit. I was like, I opened it up, and I'm like, oh, coffee, that's so sweet. And look, look, a handwritten note. Oh, you son of a. But the only
1: thing I've got going for
0: me is that Ray is in the exact same boat.
1: <laughs> well, he's like a week ahead of you, but overall that doesn't count that
0: Part much. Part of me wants to send a canister of Folger's flavor crystals just to
1: just to <laughs> send a point, but
0: I'm not going to. I'm going to be the better man.
1: You should send a Costco-sized one, because then it's like, <laughs> it's so much, I can't not use it. So, well played, Ray.
0: I applaud your efforts, good sir. <laughs> I'll have my revenge. Uh Robert, what have you had off the
1: shelf? Uh Beyond, i just uh, Beyond Forbidden. Uh,
0: uh well,
1: League? we're doing board, we're doing board games first. That's all the all I've had, sir. Oh, okay. So back over to you.
0: Uh it, along with uh Survive Escape from Atlantis, I also had an opportunity to play uh Robotech Ace Pilot. Oh, I picked this up at uh, Pack South on a whim. I bought uh Robotech Ace Pilot and the other Robotech game. RoboTech Attack on the SDF One, which is got this awesome uh, cardboard SDF One that you have to build, and it makes it all three D coming out of the board. Oh, that's cool! Which is super cool. I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet, but I'm really excited.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: cool. RoboTech Ace palette's kind of nifty. Uh, it's got a neat little mechanism. It comes with this plastic tray of uh, rows of uh, slots for cardboard chits, and then it comes with a bunch of cardboard chits, and you choose random ones, put them face down into these slots. And, uh, depending on the number of players, you put a, a different number of chits down and then you, uh, roll some dice and using the symbols on the dice, you purchase the heroes of the game. So like Roy Fokker and Rick Hunter and Captain Global and all the rest of the bridge crew. And you, you, each of them has a unique damage pattern that then applies to that grid of chits. And so it becomes a puzzle of, um, can I do enough damage to these enemy ships to, Remove the chit and put it into my score pile. Plays really quick, plays really easy, and uh, I ended up having a lot of fun with it. I was surprised. When was pax South? Pack South, yes.
1: When was that?
0: Uh, gosh, I guess like a month ago now.
1: Was it this year? Yeah. Okay. Okay, because I was not on the list, and if I found out that you had games that you bought but did not add to the list last year, I don't to think get we had those... a chance
0: to talk about it because of guests.
1: I'm just saying, sir. If I find out that you got games that allowed you to win points that you did not put on the list, I am going to cry, cheater!y Cheater! Cheater! Oh, pumpkin no. eater! Back
0: South was firmly this year in February, no less. Okay. Okay. It has not even been a month.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: So, um, yeah, you can add Robotech Ace Pilot, and then you can immediately take it off, and you can add a Robotech uh, Attack on SDF-1.
1: Okay, Robert.
0: And you can also add my Kickstarter pledge of hate I already did, I already have So hate came There's so much hate, Robert There's hate everywhere in my office right now <laughs>
1: Alright, uh, so you sent me pictures And then you told me I could I not did. look at them Okay, so I sent you pictures the day that the
0: Kickstarter came Because the box is stupid large I mean obscenely large
1: yeah, and you and you further, like, messed up with the scale because you, you took your tiniest child and put it next to it, you know? I did, I did, don't, like, I did. and it dwarfs it him,
0: it dwarfs him. So, I have sent you two pictures, Robert, and I have placed Hate upon my shelf, and I have placed it next to a bunch of other large and standard-sized board games so that you can get a true sense as to what a giant hog beast of a box this thing is.
1: Alright, alright, should I, should I look, can I look now? I don't want you to, like, look, kill me. Look! Okay. Oh my.
0: So it is sitting on top of a Song of Ice and Fire which is as large as Twilight Imperium 4th edition and feudum and it dwarfs it. It's hanging yeah. off the edge because it is easily another couple of inches wide.
1: That is that is impressive.
0: Do you see it next to Mex versus Minions and, and GKR heavy hitters?
1: Yeah, yes I do. Yes I it, do. It's bigger it's the biggest box I have. You know what? You know what? Buy a lot. Maybe this'll uh this'll be the uh the cover image of the, of the, of the episode. Maybe we'll see. A giant
0: box of hate. (laughs) A giant box of hate. There's there's hate all over my office.
1: Yeah. There's hate all over this, this podcast right now.
0: That's right. So uh, that doesn't, uh, I sent you the, the pictures on Friday when I received it of the other stuff too. Like I've got another, uh, what is it? Oh, it's another battleground, which is like additional tiles and boards. And then I've got all the expansions and, and you
1: had, you had a dining table full of hate, sir. Yeah. You had a,
0: yeah 3d terrain i mean like everything i went i went in for hate
1: <laughs> so um yeah i can't wait to get it on
0: the table i'm really really excited about it uh the gameplay looks awesome um it's got a bunch of plastic cards in it so that you can actually mo- use them as modifiers because they're see-through mm. which is a mechanic i absolutely adore i love i think that's a, a fantastic mechanic i'm so glad that it's being used in new and interesting ways So yeah, that is unfortunately all I've had a chance to play. It's just been a busy couple of weeks. A lot of baby prep. Yeah, yeah. Made a baby gate happen against the wall. Nice. It is a magical barrier that the dogs are terrified to cross, even though they can easily step over it. Apparently, two inches off the ground is enough barrier for them to never ever cross (laughs) it. (laughs) The look of abject terror on Ragnar's face when he walks up to that gate is incredible. (laughs) he's such a lovable moron (laughs) oh he's he's the stupidest love most lovable animal i've ever had in my life i do not know what i'll do without him he's the most dog dog i've ever had
1: well that will be for several more years he's still quite young
0: oh very young um movies and tv sir movies and tv so movies and tv i finished jack ryan good is it worth is it worth watching is it worth watching yeah totally i had a good time with it it's a fun it's a it's a fun little techno thriller
1: Okay, I like techno thrillers. Okay, Um,
0: I started Umbrella Academy and I've watched the first two episodes.
1: Oh, yeah. My uh, my buddy was watching that. He 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 was mixed. He said it kind of drags in the middle, but uh, it bookends pretty good. So
0: far, I'm impressed. Uh, I'm very curious about the world. They drop you right in. Very little explanation. There's a lot going on and I'm really curious to see where it goes. One last thing. Uh, In the interest of full disclosure, I did actually uh, end up buying another game, Mm. which we'll need to add to the list. The Godfather, Corleone's Empire by Eric Lang. I picked it up at a TJ Maxx for $12.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about going and get that. That's just kind of... That
0: is such a good deal. How could I not? I mean, it's an Eric Lang game.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you, (laughs) you must follow the same guy on Twitter that I do who posted that. (laughs) Tabletop gaming deals?
0: Uh believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and that's about it for movies and TVs. Uh we watched the second Batman. Oh, how'd the kids like that? Uh face they agreed was really gross and icky.
1: hmm
0: mm-hmm. Um uh the Joker was fascinating and the older kids asked some really interesting on point questions about the Joker and why he was the way he was. Go on. No, I just um I'm impressed. They're they're taking more from movies than I, I thought they would at this age. And that makes me happy. Ah, oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And that movie holds up. That movie holds up in a massive
1: way. Yeah, yeah. Now you should show them uh, the final film in the trilogy where they deconstruct Batman and make you h- hate the concept of him by the end of it if it's successful and see what they do.
0: I will uh, be showing that to them a couple weeks. Uh, maybe not before the next episode. It really just depends on, on schedules.
1: So okay, so I rented a uh, two things actually from the library, uh, one of which uh, we actually made about halfway through and then stopped and then had to take it back and so we we borrowed it again and actually watched it through. Uh, uh, Tomorrowland by Brad Bird uh, and uh, with George Clooney and whatnot. Uh, that movie is bizarre. Have you ever seen it? Which oh Tomorrowland? Yeah. No, and I really want to because I really
0: like Brad Bird and I heard such mixed things about it that I've held yeah. off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's worth a rental. I mean, heck, I got it from the library. It was free, so who cares? Clooney's generally pretty fun to watch. No, okay. So this is what. So do you know Brad Bird turned down what became the Force Awakens to do that film? Yeah, and I'm kind of bummed about that because Brad Bird would have been brilliant for a Star Wars movie. Yeah, but I I get why he said he wanted to do it because with Tomorrowland he got to do something. He got to create something new and and do something new. And with Star Wars he'd be you know he'd have some fences around him. And I, I I get that. It's, Tomorrowland is so like I want to like it, but I don't. But I do. <laughs> I, it's it's really it's a really hard nut to crack. There's a lot there, and uh, I how about this? You, you definitely somehow need to watch it uh, even post baby, and we we need to talk about it because there's there's some really interesting weird points that it tries to make, and it's. It's good. It just kind of the third act, like everything these days kind of doesn't exactly land right, but it's still OK. It, it lands better than some things I've seen. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was just a strange movie. Like, I, I really don't know how to feel about it. Like, like if you if you said, do you like it? I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> I'm curious. I am very curious to watch it.
1: Yeah, I. you, you totally should. It's uh, it, it. yeah, there's there's it's just a weird movie. I don't even know how to describe it. It's a very, very strange movie. And what I did like about it was it was very retro future, but it looked modern. It's hard to describe. There's just a lot of weirdness in that movie. It's a very strange film.
0: I thought that movie that did that retro future while still looking modern thing best was a robot movie with Ellen McGregor. Was it robots? I feel like it was just plain robots. Yeah, it was robots. That movie was terrible. It looked cool though. No, but I'm just strictly talking from a design aspect. Yeah, yeah, from a design. It did aspect. that retro-future uh still looking current thing really well. Yeah, it did. I'll agree. I'll agree. The movie's beautiful. It's a pity it was just trash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although Spider-Verse best animated film, deservedly so. Oscar winning. Yeah. Out out tomorrow or a week uh, ago depending. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's available physically on March 21st, I want to say. Yeah, well worth it. Well worth it. You should see it. I know you haven't yet. You should totally watch it. It's great.
0: I'm planning on buying that on video. I'm very excited to watch it with the kids, especially with my eldest since, uh, you know, given his genetic diversity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) truth.
0: Inclusion is important, man. Like I'm I, I the with my kids, I'm coming to know that more and more with each passing. Uh,
1: it's it's very it's yeah, it becomes very clear. Uh, you you are not the only one. <laughs> I'm super super excited for him to watch that. I'm super super excited for him to watch that. Yeah. Yes. Definitely, for sure. All right, so I guess that moves us on to reading. Have you read anything? Uh yeah, uh
0: I started to read Unity because it's oh, been nice.
1: RPGs up in this
0: up in this house, up in this hizzy. Go on. Uh, I got Cavaliers of Mars and I got my copy of Unity all in the same week. Oh, nice. So it's uh, I got I got a lot of RPG goodness
1: to to read through. Uh, yeah, Unity Unity is an interesting book. I really I, I'm probably not going to play that next, uh, unfortunately, but I really want to. Like I want to I want to explore that verse a little bit more. But I don't know, maybe something else will happen. But yeah, it's definitely on my on my short list of things I need to do because it's. Well, it's like a Blizzard game, like, in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> the art is, is very Diablo. Like, I don't think you'd disagree with that, right? No. Diablo World of Warcraft, yeah. It, it looks like a Blizzard game. Like, they're obviously Blizzard art fans. Or, I, I guess, Battle Chasers art fans, because that guy kind of invented that style. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, um, mechanically, they do a lot of things that Blizzard does. Because Blizzard's really good at, like, picking out stuff from genres that are just stupid and overly complex. And making them much more accessible and good and easy, and playable.
0: And when we get to video games, we'll be talking about their influence on other
1: people. Right, exactly. And Unity exactly did that, because they took, you know, the the power core, uh, you know, of of 4th edition D&D, and then, but you don't roll D20s, you roll 2D10s, kind of like how you do in, uh, like, I don't know, like War Machine, or... uh, not fate uh, but there's a lot of games where you just roll 2d sixes Uh, oh the apocalypse world and then like actually physically rolling things actually kind of counts in that like what you roll and uh, yeah there's just a lot of like little little things that aren't hard to keep track of you know because fourth edition's big problem was there were a lot of things in it that were fiddly and unity did a really good job of taking out a lot of the fiddly that's not fun especially for a game master and keeping the fiddly that is fun for a player, like resource management and, you know, watching what you roll and stuff. And it's just it's just so good. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I, and I I, 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 I honestly I don't even like the setting. It's just not my cup of tea. But I, I love looking at it like the art for it's amazing. All And it's very imaginative. It's just I it's just not what I want to do with it personally. But that's just me. I mean, like, what do I know? <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's a great book. Well,
0: I'm, I'm having a good time with it so far. I've only just started. So I'll let you know when I Cool.
1: Okay, well, I've, I've read a ton. I have read a ton. So I promised I'd gush about this on Twitter, and I'm going to keep my word. Uh, I picked up from Drive-Thru RPG The Lover's Handbook off of – well, actually, it was off the DMs Guild, uh, but whatever. It's... Oh, yeah, you were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I read it kind of at the beginning of uh, of our kind of two-week between episodes, so I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on it because I, I read it, like, the day after we recorded, if I'm not mistaken, because it's a pretty short PDF. It's only, like, I don't know, Jeebus, like 30-odd pages, I want to say. Thirty-four. I've kind of got this weird fascination in RPGs about like romance because it's like one of the last great frontiers in role playing that nobody wants to touch, and uh, there's been a lot of authors who are, are like trying to go there, and I've I've kind of had my eye on it for a while, but I've never I've never kind of like dipped my toe in, and I, I don't know if I will, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, again, I'm still fascinated by it. I I I, re- I, I bought this book also called the uh, the Romance Trilogy by Emily Care Boss, who does uh, it's three role playing games about romance and stuff. Uh, but yeah, The Lover's Handbook, if you're playing D&D, is fascinating. The The lady who wrote it, uh, and let me find her her name so I don't just call her that lady, uh, Ashley May, uh, she she just nailed it. Like, it's, it's just interesting. And it talks – I mean, there's a lot of stuff about talking about cons- consent and romance and what tropes are kind of good to add into sort of a D&D romance and which ones you should probably avoid because they're, you know, a little sexist. And there's this really, really – fun section in the middle where she talks about um uh like the the non-human dnd races and like how to describe them if they're if they're pretty you know in a way that is good for that race and and she, it, the language she uses is just really it's just a really good book and and just sort of like what sort of different types of like romances you could throw in because she she does a lengthy section on like the bad guy falls in love with you and is like weirdly obsessed with you and stalkery like should you do that should you not and and yeah i don't know it was just really well done i was expecting something positive podcast but i mean let's let's be fair it's off the, it's a random book off the dm's guild i was not expecting much and it it nailed it like nailed the delivery and i was like whoa, holy crud and and <laughs> the best part <laughs> I love the cover image. It makes me giggle every time I see it because, you know, it's like a romance cover, you know, it's like this big old, like, hunky dude and and, uh, and this like, uh, you know, and this lady who's like dresses half off, like, you know, clutching him and he's shirtless and muscular. When I first saw it, I'm like, uh, I'm like, is this like a low res image? because like, it was really fuzzy. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I realized, like, no, it's not a low-res image. It It's designed to look like that. It's like just somebody just like took a big old handful of Vaseline and just wiped that crap on the camera to give it that dream quality. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what's going on here. I'll give her a lot of credit, too, because uh, all of the images in the book are not, uh, they look like Photoshop jobs, you know, so it's like p- pictures of her friends that she's like, you know, stitched fairy wings and, you know, other stuff onto. A lot of DMs Guild products, because they have like art packs, um a lot of people just borrow liberally from those art packs and and it was kind of nice to see someone like not do that uh so i that was that was pretty cool too and uh, yeah no i was reading it i was just i was having so much fun and it reminded me so much of the headspace i was in like way way early on the site's life when we did um uh, the, the D&D articles uh, in, in, during February, I wrote this article about, you know, like your character being married. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I, it got, I was rereading that again and I remember writing it because I, I kind of genuinely enjoy being married. And so that was what I was just trying to get across in that article. I remember that was pretty much the only thing I was trying to get across in that article, you know, besides game stuff. And yeah, uh, Ashley, Obviously likes romance stuff and, and she thinks about it and she wrote it down really well. And I'm like, this this is just it's really good. I was I was very That's cool. impressed. That's cool. Uh I also from the library I got Things from the Flood, the art book, not the RPG. <laughs> and uh yeah, I I'm actually more excited about that RPG now than uh than even uh the kids on the bike's tales from the loop, because it's definitely gonna be more conspiracy horror. So
0: you can't call it Kids on Bikes because there is a Kids on
1: Bikes. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's kind of the genre too, the Kids on Bikes genre, the yeah. Goonies and whatnot. But yeah, no, this is more like Cerny Teenagers uh, dying by monsters. So it's it's going to have a little bit more like Monster Slasher in it for sure, which will be fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the, the plot line it has a lot more conspiracy horror elements into it, which is cool. And I dig that. So I'm I'm looking forward to that because um, I remember when I read the RPG – the adventure uh, quadrilogy in the back of the book, um, it matched the art uh, that was in there. So it was like the guy who was drawing the pictures was like a minor character in all of those, uh, <laughs> in, in all of those RPG scenarios, you know, cause he was obviously around, but he wasn't the protagonist. He just saw things. And, uh, and just like knowing that now and then reading that book, you could see like this through line that they can make adventures out of. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. So I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very excited about that. And, it, and it was, uh, the Electric State is still so good. Like if you, if you get a chance to go flip through and read The Electric State, it should only take you about an hour or two. That, that book is amazing. To, uh, Things from the Flood wasn't bad, don't get me wrong, but, but yeah, he, he definitely nailed his storytelling much more in The Electric State than, than this book, but still quite fun. And uh, per our discussion... Uh, last episode, the episode before that, I uh, I checked out uh, Spider Man Noir because I, I hadn't read that in a long time. I we were, I like that we book. were talking about it. I remember liking it, but I don't remember why. So I I read it, and yes, yeah, it's uh, it's it's Spider Man Noir. I need to read. I, I need to order and have them send over part two because the the first one is just kind of his origin story, and it's even though it veers from the standard Spider Man thing a bit, it's still. You know, it's still Spider-Man's origin story. It's kind of something I've seen before. I'm kind of interested where they take it, though, you know? I
0: like where they take it. I enjoyed that that series of books quite quite a lot.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Any RPGs? Uh, Negative. Yeah, I forgot to write mine down. Uh, we, we finished up the playtest of Swords of the Serpentine. Oh, how'd that go? It went really well. Uh, I can't talk about it still. <laughs> Good talk. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Uh, buy that book when it comes out. Especially if you're getting a little tired of D&D. It'll be a good book for doing fantasy, but not D&D fantasy. It'll be quite fun. And the adventure in the book, assuming they keep it, uh, has a very Conan-esque vibe to it. Where, yes, I can't, I can't, I can't, I could say no more. But yeah, it's good times. It's good times. Video games, Jonathan, tell me what you've been playing. Uh, Video games. Let's
0: talk about video games. A lot of Apex Legends.
1: Yeah, I've been playing that too. Uh, Really
0: enjoying that. Uh, I think it's going to replace Overwatch and Fortnite. I,
1: I could see that. You know what I figured out part of my problem was? What? Uh, there was an article over on the Kotakus about uh, how hitboxes of certain characters might be uh, bigger than other characters. And sure. so I was playing... Uh, physically bigger. Right, but they, but they all have the same armor and hit points, which is a problem. They need to address that. So I was playing a lot of Gibraltar because, you know, the shield thing seemed like I'd survive more. But no, I switched to Bangalore. The, the smoke grenade lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm doing remarkably better. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's it's probably because she has a smaller hitbox and I'm getting shot less, you know, and I'm not just immediately dying when a firefight breaks out. So that's nice.
0: I am uh, slowly working through the achievements in that game as uh, using those as, because, you know, one of my favorite things about Fortnite is the uh, seasonal uh, challenges. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that, that Apex does not have yet. I'm, I'm sure they're working on something. So the achievements are kind of giving me that and so i've been playing through and i only have one character left that i haven't won with and that is mirage
1: now have you have you spent any real world money yet or
0: i did i um i was enjoying the game and i wanted them to do well so i bought the founders pack which got me some skins and Mm -hmm. a few other things okay Uh, i don't plan on spending a lot it was more just me saying hey look you guys made something great and i want to support it
1: tip in the tip jar
0: yeah yeah pretty much pretty much um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's fun. I am very curious to see where they go, and I would be—I uh, am very inclined to spend money to expand that, that that game. It's basically Titanfall three.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it was until they realized it didn't work, and they changed it.
0: Well, and they—they're they, bringing Titans into it apparently.
1: Yeah, somebody was going through the code. I, I don't know if it's going to be Titans, but they're definitely bringing in like vehicles of some sort. There's some code for like hover bikes lurking in there, so that—that's at least. Somewhere on the drawing board, at the very least, and if it's in, if it's in the live game, they're probably it probably means it's going to go in. Just it's a matter of time. I continued Dragon Quest Builders uh, for another about a week and a half, and then uh, I, I I think I'm done. We'll see. We'll see if that sticks. But uh, I got bored with uh, sandbox mode, but I still wanted to do it, so I went and replayed chapter two and accidentally overwrote my save, so I had to like finish it because <laughs> uh, yeah, whoops! I destroyed my house that looked like the psycho house. I'm a little upset about that. Oh. Yeah. But uh but yeah. No I, I uh I finished chapter two and after I got done with that I was like, should I move on to chapter three? And I'm like No, no, I think I'm good right now. So we'll see what happens. And uh yeah, as a consequence I like haven't been playing video games like at all. I play a couple of rounds of Apex every day and then that's that. I'm like done. I played some more battle chasers. Oh, nice.
0: Still working through that. Uh actually Dale wanted me to let you know that as of last night, he has killed the battle chasers.
1: Oh, what do you mean? He beat it. He finished it.
0: Oh, oh, okay. He got all the books and everything. So uh, there
1: you go. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, the, the comic's good. I like the comic. Uh, did he? Did he do the the game plus? Because he can do that now and do the whole no, game again. He was trying to figure out if he was going to do
0: that or not. Knowing Dale, I have a feeling he might.
1: <laughs> uh, just so you know, if you want to go farm up all of the uh, the remaining skill point books, uh, those you do not get skill points in the game plus by earning levels at all so if you have a good method of farming up the coins to get the skill books you might as well do that before you switch over just letting you know (laughs) i did not and i regret it
0: i also had an opportunity to download and try crackdown three very very briefly um it's more crackdown okay for better or for worse it's pretty much the same but it does have terry Crews in it and he screams a lot and he's funny
1: well that sounds like an improvement to me
0: Oh, uh and I have gone uh head over heels into Anthem. I love Anthem. Really very excited by Anthem. Uh it's Diablo meets the Iron Man simulator.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I I, I was going to call it it's Iron Man Destiny, but yeah.
0: It has all the loot drop that I want and it makes me feel like Iron Man and I painted my javelin uh bright red with uh, some yellow highlights. And so now I'm basically Iron Man. Okay, fair enough. I am Iron Man.
1: What system are you playing it on? Uh, I I got it.
0: So my, my brother works for EA, so I got a copy of it for the PC for free, which was kind of really nice. But all my friends are on the Xbox, so I ended up springing for it on the
1: Xbox. Mm,
0: okay.
1: Actually, yeah. hopefully they get crossplay. It'd be really nice if they got crossplay in that game. It would
0: be very nice if they got a crossplay. Apparently, crossplay is coming to Apex, um, but not not cross platform account tracking, which uh, that's the one thing that Fortnite has over everything right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like if i'm on if I'm on my Xbox with fortnite uh, all my stats and everything goes over to my pc et cetera et cetera, which is kind of nice that's true that is kind of nice so yeah that's uh, that's it for video games I think that's it for no, everything
1: yeah. no there's one last thing there's one last thing so over on the website, Jonathan, uh, do you realize that recently we have had a bit of uh, what i'm calling the shaggy bump? The Shaggy Bump? The Shaggy Bump. Are you aware on the internet people think Shaggy from Scooby-Doo is, uh, is pretty neat right now? Are you aware of that? No. <laughs> okay. So there's a meme going around. And it started, uh, Know Your Meme uh, apparently uh, ha- tracked this two, three years ago where somebody just sort of casually kind of said that Shaggy from Scooby-Doo is not a stoner, but the incarnation of a Cthulhu-esque elder god named shaggy i guess uh and there's a lot of memes and a lot of jokes on the internet and it recently got a resurgence because somebody tweeted a bunch of them at matthew lillard and then made a bunch of matthew lillard like uh like behind you know like a behind the scenes documentary of him just saying horrific things about <laughs> of of being shaggy and it's pretty amazing why have I not stumbled across this? I, I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't I, send you something. I looked
0: for Shaggy Bump on the internet, by the way. Don't. Let me just save you the trouble <laughs> because all you'll get is insane clown policy bullcrap. Nice. So if you want to know how magnets work also, don't go there.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I went there. Not an ICP fan,
1: brother. So like one of them is, uh, it's uh, it's uh, the guy who played Fred. I, for- uh, I forget his name right now. I can't think of it. Um, Married to... Uh, yeah, Mich- uh, Michelle. Michelle Geller. Yeah.
0: Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, what's that dude's name? Freddie Prince.
1: Freddy Jr. Freddie Prince Jr., yeah, so it's, it's a picture... Yes, of, the brain is working! It's a picture of Freddie Prince, like, behind the scenes, doing, like, one of the documentaries that was obviously on the DVD, you know, but they've re-dubbed his words on this, and it says...
0: Why, why is this not in the uh, Skype uh, chat right now? Okay,
1: I'll just send it to you. Oh, yes, I went there. Okay, well, I forgot. I was, I was getting excited. So it's Fred sitting there, and he said, one time Shaggy snapped his fingers, and Michelle just disappeared. She came back, like, 30 seconds later... But she looked really scared and kept saying something about the dark place. And then the next image is Sarah Michelle Geller, and she's like, I don't want to talk about the dark place. I don't want to talk about the dark <laughs> place ever again. <laughs> I'm just looking at the next one. I don't actually remember filming scenes. Once the camera started rolling, I would
0: black out as the spirit of Shaggy possessed my mortal body once again. <laughs> Being Shaggy has led me down a path of death and destruction. I've killed many people in the hope of replicating 1% of Shaggy's being. By the end of filming, I hope to become 100% Shaggy. I will be one with him.
1: <laughs> yes, the Shaggy Who meme. with with this crap? I, I The internet. Anyway, but it, it, it kind of skyrocketed because <laughs> Matthew Lillard really likes these.
0: Oh, man. You know, contrary to popular belief, I actually used 98% of my power to make this film possible. So then the host says, 98%. Guess it took most of your power then, huh? And then Shaggy's eyes glow, and he says, who said my limit was what was set at 100?
1: <laughs> All right. So we we have been getting a Shaggy bump on the website because of that. Because uh, May of, I forget what year, a long time ago, back when we were just the, uh, the D&D blog, Uh, we did a scooby-doo month way back then and so i remember that that was great people have been searching scooby-doo or shaggy fifth edition and apparently our website comes up and people click on it and just to give you perspective uh in all all the entirety of 2018 uh the the sort of catch all article that we had that you know had uh Every, you know, like, you know, May is Scooby-Doo month. You know how we used to post those? And then we'd post the articles as we got them. I'll, I'll have a link to this in the show notes. Uh, that whole year, that 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 article got uh, 62 clicks in the entirety of 2018. We are now two months into 2019. And within the last four weeks, uh, we are currently, uh, we went from two all the way up to 37. So <laughs> I didn't say it was a huge bump, but we, uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody will listen to the podcast because of it. Uh, so uh, there you go. The Shaggy bump, my friends, it is real. Shaggy does have powers and they are they are affecting us too. So there you go. And I'm glad I could tell you about those memes. I didn't know you didn't know.
0: I am now going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Here's a picture of Thanos. <laughs> and he can't move his hand because Shaggy's holding on to it. Shaggy kills everyone in Infinity War, single-handedly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, how did this happen? What, 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 what? I just don't understand the world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else we need to discuss? No. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our segment and perhaps the end of humanity as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back after a short break when we, when we return with the wisdom of certainly not humanity.
1: <laughs> do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast.
0: Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. And welcome back. It is, of course, now time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. This is where we talk about all of our tabletop news. To that end, Robert, how about some exciting news from WizKids? Go on. The Orville is coming to board games.
1: (laughs) I read about this.
0: Yes, it's coming to Heroclix specifically. I am uh, not a Heroclix player per se, but I am glad to see that the Orville is getting uh, some some board game love because that
1: show is actually kind of neat. I really like it i haven't watched it at all to be honest with you i should it seems up my alley i'm just i'm so behind on a ton of stuff i want to watch as it is like I, I don't have time for anything it is absolutely up your
0: alley without a doubt
1: yeah um the first product to be released in the set is going to be a jumbo starter
0: set and it's going to have the main crew including captain ed mercer commander kelly grayson dr claire finn lieutenant alara kitan lieutenant gordon mallow lieutenant commander bordus And Lieutenant Commander John Lamar. So there you go, Heroclix fans. You're getting some Orville love.
1: (laughs) Nice. Hey, Jonathan. Yo. You got science in my fantasy. Or perhaps, did you get fantasy in my science?
0: Uh, a little bit of everything. A little bit of both, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Monty Cook Games has announced that sometime, I guess this month, because this will come out in March, uh, they are going to do a Kickstarter for a science fantasy book for 5th edition Dungeons and & Dragons. And it should have everything that you need to convert uh, the Numenera setting over to 5th edition, or you can use it to run a... Uh, uh, a follow-up or a reimagining or whatever you want to call it to many a classic DD adventure like the expedition to the Barrier Peaks and Tales, Tales, uh, Tales of the Comet and all that where some sort of sci-fi ship crashes lands on your fantasy planet and you get some laser guns for a little bit and maybe fight some robots. I'm, cu- I'm curious what the Numenera stuff will bring. That'll be, that'll be interesting. And I wonder if it'll have like paths and classes that are, you know, more Numenera inspired for some of the stuff. We'll see. We will see when the Kickstarter launches sometime this month
0: how would you like to see the past brought forward once more
1: mm, no the past is dangerous go into the future my friend
0: well in the grim dark future of warhammer 40k we're actually getting a little taste of the past because relic is being brought out again by WizKids. kids
1: oh
0: oh relic of course was uh printed previously by Fantasy Flight Games, and they have since uh, ended their business relationship, which means that Relic is now moving over to a different producer, and uh, we're getting a new version of Relic.
1: Nice, nice. I read about this, too. I read about it. Who, who's doing it again? Uh, WizKids. That's right. That's right. And that's they're doing right.
0: a standard and a premium edition of Relic, and the premium edition will have pre uh, 10 pre-painted plastic busts for the characters, while the standard edition will have the same busts, just unpainted
1: yeah that sounds good yeah
0: i'm looking at the uh i'm looking at the product info over at the whiz kids website it looks cool
1: i saw that kind of earlier in the week and i i I remember flipping through it yeah i'm glad to see that we're not losing all these games there's
0: a lot of cool stuff on the horizon that uh um a lot of people were worried about you know having disappeared but it seems that uh uh, it seems that they are alive and well
1: let's keep this uh whiz kids train going WizKids has expanded their business partnership with Hasbro. Oh. Yes. uh, So we are going to have, they haven't said what they're going to make out of this, but they have picked up the properties of Transformers, G.I. Joe, and My Little Pony. So yeah, I'm going to cross my fingers. My Little Pony Hero Clicks, anybody, huh? My My Little Pony
0: 40K crossover?
1: Hey, now.
0: (laughs) My Little Grimdark Pony? Oh, uh, my little pony just went goth.
1: <laughs> my, my little pony's always been a little goth. Twilight Sparkle's got purple streaks in her hair. I'm just saying. Just saying.
0: You, you're, you're the only brony in this room.
1: I resent that remark because I have seen the hardcore bronies, and I assure you I am not not that interested in ponies in that way. <laughs> well,
0: have you heard of Disney's villainous?
1: yes why have i heard of disney's villainous
0: because it's kind of been the game that took last year the second half of last year by storm
1: oh okay yeah yeah yeah. okay and
0: um it actually it it, it first appeared at gen con it sold out a lot of people were really excited about it now disney's villainous is getting an expansion wicked to the core
1: what, what's in this expansion Uh, It's going to expand
0: the base game, allowing for up to six players. Uh, It has three more villains, and it can be played on its own without the original game, or you can mix it together with the original game. Oh, okay. Does it say who the villains are? Well, uh, it does not have it listed in the press release I'm looking at, but it does say that these are the villains that were voted on by Disney fans.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, the, the most egregious.
0: Oh, wait, hold on. I found them. It's Hades. Nice doctor Fas- uh is it facilier from what movie oh uh from uh, uh princess and the frog it's a uh, keith oh. david's character oh yeah yeah yeah. okay god I, don't, I i i don't know why i didn't even think of that like i love that character actually he's one of my favorites and the uh the third one is the evil queen from snow white
1: yeah yeah those sound like the most egregious omissions that they had to correct back to you robert all right. Well, uh, for the last three episodes now, we've been talking about Wizards next release, which got uh, a, re- a release date and the title and the full product description uh, between episodes. So here we go. The new D&D adventure is titled Ghosts of Salt Marsh," and it's Ooh. going to be kind is of a pirate theme one. Yes. Yeah, I saw the cover. That looks awesome. It's going to be the, uh, it's, it's kind of like Tales from the Yawning Portal. What it is doing is it's taking classic adventures from previous editions of D&D and a lot of them from uh, Dungeon Magazine and updating them to 5th edition. And it will give you a full campaign from levels 1 to 12, or you can just, you know, drop whatever in whenever you want to do it. Um, it'll also have uh, like a little gazetteer or something about the city of Saltmarsh, which you can use for your nautical campaigns. And uh, it'll have rules for sea travel, deck plans, an appendix for rules with new and classic monsters. And the adventures that are getting converted are are indeed the U series from way back in the day. So, The Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh, The Danger of Dunwater, and The Final Enemy. In addition, we are getting the adventures The Salvage Operation, The Isle of Abbey, The uh, Tamarut's Fate, and The Styes. Well, there you go. There you go.
0: Well, hey, what are we talking about for our deep dive today?
1: Uh, Ravnica? Yes.
0: And guess what? Ravnica's in the news. Ooh, go on. WizKids has announced a new social deduction game, and it's set within Ravnica, and it's called Ravnica Inquisition. So you take on the role of a representative of a Ravnican guild. You're going to either be loyal to Gatewatch or Agent of Bolas. Oh, cute. Yes, you're going to need to elect leaders during the game. Uh, Each leader has special power that's straight out of the game. There's going to be player elimination, and you're basically, it's a a role reveal game. So it's a social deduction. Five to ten players, uh, 15 to 30 minutes. That's, uh, what do you call it? Um, Ultimate, werewolf ultimate. Secret Hitler, ultimate werewolf, that kind of of stuff. But set in the Ravnica universe, and it has a really cool cover. (laughs) Actually, that's really
1: neat. You know why they're doing it, right? Why? Why? Because we're not going to get into this in the deep dive because it's way too down the story rabbit hole. But we're not in the deep dive yet. Ha! So uh, the latest story arc for uh, uh, Ravnica is basically uh, the evil dragon we have mentioned quite a few times. Nicol Bolas has managed to infiltrate and take over five of the ten guilds of Ravnica. And I forget which one's off the top of my head, but it's uh, it's some of the bigger... Well, it's the 10 guilds, so it's the big power players. And what he is doing is he's, he's got some sort of master plan to do something, which they will talk about in the... Uh, there's a book coming out, actually, by Greg Wiseman called The War of the Spark, and uh, that is going to detail that, that whole shebang. But yeah, the, the storyline of the current set is five of the guilds have been taken over by Bolus, and five of them haven't. And they're trying to figure out, you know, who's doing what and and who's really loyal to who. And I mean, they've already revealed who's loyal to who <laughs> in the story, but the game sounds like they're playing with that a little bit, which is cool. It's a, it's a cute it's it's a good job of taking the the lore currently in the game and then doing, you know, this other type of game with it, which I approve of. Well, I have one last bit of news. So I thought you had five stories This is the fifth (laughs) That can't be Because you went first And then I went second Right And then Mm -hmm. you went third And I went fourth And then you went fifth And then I went sixth And then you went seventh Oh and that's four Because my math sucks Okay go on I had to do it with my fingers Oh
0: my god I don't get paid
1: enough Hey Jonathan Um, My goal is to get you to scream at me By the end of the night I've not been doing a good job of that
0: It's not gonna happen Okay I love you too much buddy I love you (laughs) All right. Well, guess what? We are taking a new voyage into the Star Wars universe with Fantasy Flight.
1: Oh yes, you've been waiting. And too I'm so about
0: stoked about this because the last time Corey Kineska touched a Star Wars game, I got Star Wars Rebellion, which right. is maybe one of the top five games of all time for me. Nice, nice. So we are going to, this time to the Outer Rim in Star Wars. Outer Rim. Okay. So is this an expansion for no?
1: It's its own game. Sorry, are you, are you it's like its scum and villainy? Are new, you smuggling?
0: Wonderful wonderful game and you are indeed smuggling. Nice. Yes. You're a uh, you are a budding bounty hunter in the no man's land of the infamous outer rim. Nice. So, you're going to get you need to gather 10 fame and you can do that by fulfilling missions, completing personal goals or smuggling cargo. I like it. All right. So you um, you do this by getting resources for good ships. You can uh, modify your ships. For instance, you could take a YT thirteen hundred and uh, modify it into something called the Falcon. Mm. Maybe have a crew like Lando or Han. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, it takes place in the Outer Rim. I am stoked. They're saying it's uh, sometime in quarter two two thousand
1: nineteen. I I dig it. I gotta say, and I dig the take concept. A, look
0: at a picture of the playing surface. It's really it's really interesting. Uh, okay, fine.
1: Oh, weird. It's that, like, arc. Is that the yeah. playing surface? Yes. Oh, wow. There's a lot of replayability in that. That's cool. Oh, because yeah. it's the outer rim. Ah. Uh, exactly. And the, ah. Uh, waka nice. waka. Nice.
0: Nice. Oh, and it's interchangeable. Oh, is it interchangeable? Look. It is interchangeable. Take a look at the, uh, scroll down a bit.
1: That's cute. I like it. Yeah, this looks
0: awesome. I am so, so stoked. Generoso's in it. Boba Fett's in it, Han's in it, Lando's in it. There's some no-name character named Dr. Af- Afra. Don't know who she is. Excited that she's in it, though.
1: Uh, I think she's from
0: Rebels, or... I think you're right. You're right. I'm so not up-to-date on the cartoons. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, this looks amazing. So your characters have different skill sets, like Han is good at piloting and tech. Boba Fett is good at stealth and tactics. Lando's good at intel- in- or influence and knowledge. So this is, I'm so, so stoked, especially after uh, as good as Rebellion was, because Rebellion was stupid good, like ridiculously good.
1: Rebellion is like a, is it a 4X game? Why am I thinking it's a 4X game? No, uh, Rebellion is a cat and mouse game. So uh,
0: one person plays Empire, one person plays the uh, Rebellion. The rebels are hiding and it's up to the rebels to hide their base and try and move one of the influence tokens closer to um, the center, so to speak. Uh, because the uh, Empire is uh, has a limited amount of time, and the, the more the Rebels chip away at that time, the quicker the game will be over. And if the Empire finds them before then, uh, then they get to vaporize them with the Death Star.
1: Nice. Yeah, this game sounds more my speed, though, like building ships and... Because it, it sounds like it's not entirely, like cutthroat but you can certainly do that depending oh no i think this will be definitely cutthroat i mean yeah there's gonna be sabotage yeah but you're also gonna have your own things you need to do so sometimes you can't just be stabbing everybody sometimes you gotta go do your own stuff you know what i mean like there's the push pull there's the push of i mean that's my guess is you know you're not necessarily going to be able to advance your own track by screwing over somebody else's you know or at least not every character so we'll see
0: well i i am genuinely excited i think this looks awesome i am so stoked and like i said last time corin kineska touched star wars i got one of my top five games of all time so that's genuinely exciting yeah agreed agreed and that's it for the news it is now time for our year in the life segment the segment of course where we look at what we deep dove a year ago and we have 365 seconds to discuss it although we rarely take that long no no
1: we don't take the six minutes <laughs> so it happens. that it happens.
0: end fmd 36 was a year ago what do we cover
1: I existed in pop culture. We covered Rising Sun. <gasps> oh, Rising Sun! I told you you'd be excited. <laughs> I, am, I am.
0: I don't need 365 seconds to tell you. Rising Sun is brilliant. I played it a lot. I played a metric ton of it in the last year. I love it. I love the phase where you're doing all the politicking. I love that you. Uh, oh, can... we didn't play it while I was there. I know we didn't get a chance to. Oh. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a bite, man. It's a bite. It's a big bite.
1: Oh man. How's Godzilla in that game? Uh he's awesome. He's awesome. Ah, uh, makes me sad. Did you see what
0: <laughs> did, you, did you see what Lincoln said about? Lincoln's had the zingers lately, man.
1: No, I, I've not seen what uh, he said about Godzilla. So
0: when we when we drive around in the truck, I always tell the kids, "Okay, what do you want to listen to?" And they all take turns picking songs. Well, Sophia is a Blue Oyster Cult fan. Loves her some Godzilla, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So she's singing along with Godzilla, and all of a sudden linking out of nowhere, more like Pregzilla. Ha <laughs> ha ha. Oh, man, I was dying. I was dying. I don't get it. Pregzilla? Because Jessica's pregnant and mean? <laughs> it's a savage, man. That's harsh. The kid Ooh. is a savage. Ooh, that is a bird. Wow. Yeah. More like Predzilla And then he looks at me, <laughs> almost like, "Am I right? Am I right? You know what I'm talking about?" I do know what you're talking about, kid. Wow. Oh. Too close to home. Wow. Too close to
1: home. wow. 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 <laughs>
0: oh. Oh. I don't know how much more I can say about Rising Sun. Oh, uh, it's I, brilliant.
1: I, I'm blistered from that. That was harsh. <laughs>
0: I definitely don't need 365 seconds to tell you that it is a, a, it is a brilliant game as long as, and here's the kicker, as long as you do not mind potentially hating your friends at the end of the night.
1: Yeah, I've heard that. It's a game about politics and betrayal. Well, um, well we and... talked about it at the time. Like, uh, 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 What was it? Blood Rage was uh, channeling risk, right, if I remember correctly?
0: Yeah, yeah. Blood Rage, Blood Rage is all about aggression. Its maximum aggression is reward.
1: But but the Eric Lang made that right. If, am I not mistaken? Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes. Eric Lang, when he was making Blood Rage, he was channeling Risk and trying to make like a good Risk, right? <laughs> and uh, success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I not no hate if you're a fan of Risk, but you know it's Eric Lang wanted to imp- he wanted to iterate on it. We'll go with that positive podcast. He wanted to iterate on Risk for Rising Sun. He wanted to iterate on uh, diplomacy. And diplomacy is the game of hating your friends by the end yeah, of the night. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So have you have you done the the total coup and like betrayed everybody and risen to the top or done anything cool like that? Any good stories? Oh, yeah. Any yeah. good I stories? My favorite
0: game. I think my favorite game is um I was in second to last place and the person uh, across from me was in the last place. And it was our tr- uh, we had an opportunity to work together in the last politic round. Mm-hmm. And I leaned over to her and I kind of whispered in her ear. I'm like, "Let's both go with the betrayal action, because when you do the betrayal action, you get to remove two figures from the other person's board and um, or two figure two figures from a person's board and then uh, slap them down." So we both did betrayal, and we totally altered the numbers and leveled the playing field right before the last uh, the last set of uh, uh, the last set of battles. Nice. It was amazing. It took what looked to be an easy victory and completely erased it and and made it a, a game that three people
1: could win. Did you still get second to last and last? I got second. Oh, nice. That's an improvement. Yes, yes, hugely. And it was a six-player game, too, so. Mm. What did your, uh, your partner in crime get? Uh, third or fourth, I believe.
0: No. We both improved. We both improved a minimum of two spots i believe if i recall correctly
1: nice nice that that ain't bad that ain't bad but it was awesome it was
0: awesome it was just like the double betrayal the numbers the the military numbers were completely swayed it completely modified the entire power uh the balance of power on the board it was completely modified in the last turn it was
1: awesome well there you go i guess you gotta play more rising sun have you played it recently
0: not in the last couple months but
1: i am i'm itch. i'm getting the itch bad. Nice. Well, there you go. You got to get off the shelf, sir. And look at that. Look at that. We have now done five and a half minutes on this game. So maybe we will hit that limit. Can you think of 30 seconds of of usable stuff before I got to cut you off? Yeah.
0: I mean, like, there's still so much for me to explore. I haven't even touched every single one of the expansions yet.
1: I thought you said you played with
0: Godzilla. I did. He's just one of them. There's so many more.
1: Oh. Well, what are you looking forward to next?
0: I don't know. I'd have to take a look. Like, there's, there's so many different critters in there that I want to blend in and
1: even when you blend one in
0: you don't necessarily you know it doesn't mean that somebody's guaranteed to buy it
1: do you have any recommendations oh never mind jonathan you'll have to take it off the shelf and tell us later in another segment because we just hit our time limit that's 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 a that's a segment sir let's move on let's move on it's over gotta put the cork in it
0: we will be back after a short break with our deep dive and this week robert's going to be deep diving us into ravnica we love getting feedback so please let us know how we're doing by hitting us up at one of the following you can join us on patreon where we post bonus content you can also message us or tweet at us on the twitter find us at
1: forgot my dice you can join us in our facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash fmd podcast If you like the show, the best way for more people to
0: find out about us is to give Forgot My Dice a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play.
1: Lastly, for those of you seeking experiences beyond our concepts of pleasure and pain, set the Lamont configuration to full hell mode. Oddly, you can find us in several levels of the labyrinth as the only thing playing on the radio. Wait, what? I have such sights to show you, Jonathan.
0: Oh, I need to take your Netflix account away from you. And welcome back. It is now, of course, time for our deep dive. And today we're going to be going into the world of Magic the Gathering, as Robert is going to tell us all about
1: Ravnica. So, uh... Good talk. (laughs) You know what? I'll take that. I want to get you to yell at me. I don't know if you noticed. What are you saying? I can't even hear you. I'm just singing you a love song. (laughs) So they didn't do a a plane shift packet, so we couldn't do, you know, our our semi. I know I am a little bummed out about that. Actually, well, I mean, they released a giant book. What do you want? But we could. What What does it mean when it is it biannually? Because they usually did two. Yeah, two to a year. Yeah, biannually.
0: Yeah, biannual. Yeah, biannual. Okay, we'll biannual.
1: Yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah, I, I do too. So yeah, we we didn't do our biannual, you know, trip into a magic universe via D anD D with Ravnica, which made me sad because you know. I like Ravnica. Ravnica is an interesting setting. It's definitely the most popular one. They've been back there three times in the uh in the in the actual Magic game. So I, I thought, you know, I'm playing Magic right now, by the way. Oh, oh, really?
0: Yeah, I downloaded that Magic the Gathering
1: Arena. Nice, nice. Yeah, my my buddy wanted to know what you thought of that, so you'll have to tell
0: me. I am still getting through the tutorial levels. Nice, which is annoying because I know how to play Magic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he more.
1: hated that too.
0: <laughs> Like, there should really be a, uh, I know exactly how to play this 20-year-old game button, but that's cool, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him bitching about that. That's funny. So, anyway, I figured, uh, a lot of our listenership, we have a lot of overlap with board gamers and D&D players, but we don't have a lot of overlap with, uh, Magic players in our audience, in, in unless that's not the case, and in which case, like, tell us so we don't do stuff like this. I don't know, because this is all I hear. So, I was thinking, like, yeah, we should have, uh, we should deep dive, like, uh, Ravnica, but like, you know, they got the giant book, not just the little packet. I'm like, maybe we should like do a sort of overview of the world of Ravnica, like like an extended, maybe not an elevator pitch, this is more like a treatment to see if uh, if uh, Ravnica is a place you want to go to when you play D&D. So, that that's what this is. I mean, I know I'm going to like it because it's a Magic the
0: Gathering land and they've all been just so fascinating. I mean, the lore is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and Ravnica is pretty... Ravnica is weird. Like, uh, of their settings, it's one of the more interesting ones because they... uh, They definitely, they definitely go in a weird place. So, but yeah, this isn't, we're not going to deep dive the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica in the art book like we usually do because, um, I mean, if you want to hear that, we can definitely do that too. But this is more of like, this is what Ravnica is. If you're interested, go get that stuff because it's awesome. And it's, the the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica is 200 pages. It's a long book. It's a lot to go into. Yeah, it's a beast. Yeah. It's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice because we've been bitching this whole time that like, we want more, we want more. And then they're like, finally like, okay, here. (laughs) I have, have you flipped through it at all? I, I know you you got it.
0: Yeah, I flipped through it. I I mean, like it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely do- dropped it gorgeous. I mean, just my just first impressions. Like this is what I always wanted those those little adventures
1: to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's a great book. I, I I I've been reading it again in prep for this segment, and I'm like, yeah, this book's actually pretty good.
0: So tell us about the guilds, Robert, because there's a lot of history there that that needs to be. Solved.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not very complex. Um, but basically, Ravnica. As a world has existed for 10,000 years as as a city, whatever. We're going to do the nutshell history here, which is good because the nutshell history and the actual history isn't that much longer because there's not a lot of fluff about prehistory. But basically, in the long, long ago, uh, the Sphinx Azor uh, created a magical contract called the Guild Pact, and he talked nine other factions or countries or it's very murky what it was on this world to sign it and basically take those 10 separate things and mash them all together and force them to make a society because otherwise, who knows, maybe the world would have torn itself apart. It's not very clear about why this thing was signed so long ago, but it was. And so because of that, there's these 10 very separate worldviews all trying to work together together. To build a society and and function in a society, and it's it mostly worked for ten thousand years on the the actual and, and I love this word. This is the best word ever. The decamillennial celebration of the guild Pact, because you know ten thousand years. It's the decamillennial, right? Does that sound that's right, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, the guild Pact was broken uh, due to machinations of a lot of people. It's not really it's not worth going into, but yeah, the the guild Pact broke and the magical contract that forced these 10 groups to work together ceased to exist. In the next 75 years, the common people rose up, overthrew the guilds, but then the guilds slowly came back because uh they, you know, they control a lot of aspects of society. You can't exactly just get rid of them. And uh, eventually they signed a new guild pact that wasn't like binding, but they were trying to like rebuild their society. It was kind of sort of working, kind of not really. And then in 10,075, the guildmaster of the Azorius guild, uh, Aspira, found out that the Azor, the founder of the Azorius and the guy who made the guild pact, uh, left a contingency plan in case the guild pact ever broke. Uh, it was called the Intrinsic Maze. And if you walked the maze and if you did things correctly in it, basically you could create another guild pact. And so it set off this crazy... Gold Rush. I don't know. It's like that. The what was it? Mad Mad World. That that heist movie or whatever, where everybody's trying to steal everything. All the guilds like jumped in on it and tried to solve this maze so they could basically write the next guild pact. And what ended up happening is uh, an outsider, Jace, a planeswalker, completed the maze first. He won, and so instead of him writing down a new guild pact. Uh, he basically made himself the guild pact, and so the the text of that contract and all those binding laws that force these groups to work together is now in him. And so he can basically say the guild pact says this, and they have to follow it because that is what being the living guild pact means. And the problem is, Jace is a planeswalker; he can leave. You know, he can go to other worlds, and he has because there's uh, there's stories that he's been in. You know, uh, and we've talked about him on the podcast. Uh, he left to go to Kaladesh. Your your
0: favorite setting. I love me some Kaladesh.
1: He left from Kaladesh and went to Amonkhet, and he left from Amonkhet and got blasted into Ixalan for quite a while and became a pirate and lost all his memory because Jace has a lot of explosive amnesia. It happens surprisingly frequently to him. Uh, He should get his head checked out. I'm sure he's got some brain damage. (laughs) In a lot of fiction. (laughs) But the thing is, since he is the living guild pact, if he leaves Ravnica, that thing that forces those ten guilds to work together doesn't exist while he's gone. Things start getting crazy again, and they kind of, like toe the line because you know he could come back and mess stuff up you know if they like if one of the guilds gets out of hand he can when he comes back he can just like lay down the law but in the current fluff uh, jace has been gone for a while uh they haven't said how long but it's implied that he's been gone for it sounds like years although later on in the in the the guild masters guide to Ravnica, he can't have been gone all that long like less than a year but regardless he's been gone long enough that people are starting to go like is, is this dude coming back that's where the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica uh, sets the campaign. It's like, okay, Jace has been gone for at least several months, and people are starting to wonder if he's ever going to come back. The story picks up some indeterminate period of Jace, come back, Jace, come back. Oh God, where are the lyrics that song? Baby, come back. <laughs> That's by a band called the Equals. <laughs> How do you know that? Jace, come back. Any kind of fool would see there was something in that guilt packed about you. bang, bang, bound Anyway,
0: man, you took a bad joke and you just you just beat the shit out. Yeah, of with like a baseball. bat. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
1: That's an admirable. That's admirable. Admirable. All right, all right. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Please don't ever do that again, way. Oh, you. I'll do it again. You know I will. <laughs> I know you
0: will. That's what you. That's what I love about you. <laughs> not gonna scream at you. Not gonna. Not gonna.
1: Guess. Okay. Okay. anyway the storyline picks up sometime later like right now magic's back in ravnica the guilds of ravnica and uh, ravnica allegiance are the two current sets and then uh the next set is called war of the spark and greg wiseman is releasing a book called ravnica war of the spark which i'm assuming will end the storyline and then nicobolis and blah 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 it doesn't really matter that's the the nutshell history about ravnica we have to take another tangent maybe i should have done this first thinking about it now but oh well We've talked about magic before, and we've talked about mana colors, Jonathan, right? Oh, all the time. Do you know what the... Have you ever heard of Wizard's concept of color identity? I don't know that I've heard of the concept, no. Okay. Each color of mana, for storytelling purposes in, in the worlds that they create, each color of mana kind of has traits associated with it, you know? So, like, if you play a lot of different magic games, if you play a white mana or a blue mana or a red mana, green mana, black mana card... Every card will still kind of maintain the same feel from, you know, setting to setting because it, it just has certain things sort of associated with it. And it's not just game mechanics. It's also storyline stuff. So, like, if there's a faction or something that's aligned with green mana, like, there's certain traits that are sort of green mana traits that they will do in some way. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Ravnica, all the guilds are tied to two colors of mana, so, and since we've talked about it several times, and but we've never actually like defined it, it it's probably good. And that now we can reference it and say, go back and listen to 58 if you want to hear about what the colors of mana mean. Uh, I try to keep this as short as possible. So, white mana is the color of organization, peacekeeping through force, small creatures that work together, defense, and life gain and healing, and that type of stuff. Blue mana is Curiosity, Counterspelling, Mimicry, Trickery, Reality Alteration, and Aquatic and Flying Creatures. So probably your favorite color.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's fair enough. The
1: Merfolk. A lot of the Merfolk are blue mana aligned. Black mana is Ambition, Culling the Weak, Power at Any Cost, Necromancy, in both the game term of bringing things back from the dead and everything that necromancy brings with it, like Undead and Ghosts and whatnot, and uh, Destruction. Uh, Red mana is the color of Emotion, Freedom... Chaos, Direct Damage, Aggression and Aggressive Creatures, and finally we have Green Mana, which is Instinct, Big Stompy Creatures, Primal Forces, Regeneration, and Resource Growth. And so, when I tell you that uh, Boa Yugmos, the leader of the Gruul Clan, uh, his two orders that he almost always utters, one of the two of these things, is Crush Them and We Eat... If you know that uh, Boa Ygmos is green and red, that makes sense. We eat, resource growth. He's green mana aligned. Crush them, aggressive, red mana aligned. It it makes sense if you, like, kind of know about it. Okay? Yeah. So there we go. So that brings us to the guilds. Like I said, each guild has two colors. There's ten of them. And the guilds in Ravnica are, are giant and monolithic, and they control vast aspects of the Ravnica society. You have the Azorius Senate, which are, they are the law You know, they are the cops, they are the judges They are the, the you know they, they make the laws, they you know they are the senate They make the laws, they write the laws, they enforce the laws uh, They are white and blue mana aligned uh, The Boros Legion They're a powerful army That's run by angels And they are currently trying to protect The guildless citizens of Ravnica From things that would harm them And we can get into that later, it might come up There is the Cult of Rakdos which is what if the Jim Rose Circus merged with Cirque du Soleil and was run by an immortal demon who was equal parts insane clown posse the joker and Caligula?
0: what what is it with this episode that's the second in time insane clown posse has come up in one
1: episode did i bring it up cuz i wrote this no, earlier Some... part the shaggy i did the the google shaggy yeah yeah i don't know man i don't know shaggy uh, too dope yeah it is how do they work? I don't know, man. You start you start thinking about jugglos, man, and they start coming out of the woodwork. It's it's like some sort of law of nature, I guess.
0: Weird tangent. Did you know that if you put a grape in the microwave, that you can make a plasma burst?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I, yeah, is that I the did same it thing? Today it was cool. I, I was showing the kids. It was neat. It was neat. What does that have to do with juggalos?
0: I have no idea. But it's that magnets. How do they work? Well, <laughs> I know how they work, and then that got me thinking about other things that I know how they work. And then it made me remember that I made a plasma burst come out of a grape. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing more than a god. <laughs> Continue Are you... speaking, peasant.
1: There's the Golgari... Oh, uh, the cultiractos is black and red aligned. I don't remember if I said that. Uh, there's the Golgari Swarm, which is what if the trash and sewer department also made food with magic and fungus zombies? Which is real gross if you think about it for any length of time, but it says very specifically the Golgari who collect all the trash and the bodily waste and the biological waste and you know physical waste. So the party people. Yeah, uh, they they could produce enough food to feed Ravnica's entire population with rot. Fun. Ew. And they are called the Swarm, and and they have giant bugs that work for them. They're 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 fun. Uh, there's the Gruel clans. Which are, they're the barbarians at the gates, and they've gotten screwed over the most, which we will get into later. But uh, they were originally tasked with keeping, they were like parks and recreation. They were tasked, or more like the rangers, you know, they were tasked with, it's like, oh, there's these wild areas on Ravnica. You should keep them, like, wild and pristine and make sure nobody spoils them. And then I guess they failed because there aren't any more, but we'll get into that. Um, There's House Demir, which is, uh, what if UPS was semi-secretly also a network of shapeshifting information brokers, assassins, memory thieves, and spies. And they're quite fun.
0: Man, if they were that, they'd actually know where my damn packages were. I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, with FedEx, it's like, yeah, your, your package is, you know, 32 miles outside of, of uh, Louisiana, on a small truck, in the third bin, being driven by a guy named Harold. And UPS is like, I don't know, man, you sure you ship something?
1: <laughs> All right, so we're half—we're more than halfway done. We got—is it League, uh which is mad mage scientists who are also public works. So yes, the sewer and water lines in your house are made by mad wizards, which is who like lightning and explosions.
0: I would have figured that that that, that work would have gone to the Merfolk, but I don't know—that's just me.
1: uh Yeah, uh they're red, blue. Oh, by the way, Demir is a blue black. I don't know if I said that out loud. There's Orzov, which we talked about when Ray was on a couple episodes ago. They're uh, the prosperity gospel banking religious mafia. Uh, they are white and black. They have a lot of ghosts that work for them. Uh, in fact, if you uh, if you die before you pay off your debts to them, they will make your ghost work for them because that's just how they roll. There's the Selesnia Conclave, which are oddly well organized militaristic hippie communes, and it's they are all of those things. They're kind of funny, and they have the most. We're um, family podcast. I don't know how I could say this. It's that magic card I sent you. Is there a nice way to put that? The the worms. Um. They have the magic card that most looks like anatomy. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I mean, like, you know, Lincoln would punch it.
1: <laughs> there you go. Is that our new euphemism for that? Lincoln would punch it? <laughs> Lincoln would punch it. <laughs> Don't like be it. something Lincoln would punch. There you go. Don't be something Lincoln would punch. That That's <laughs> new inside joke, everybody. Write it down. Lastly, we have the uh, the Simic Combine. Uh, they are biomancers creating sea monsters and sea mutants for your protection and health and they are blue green and uh, it 's kind of funny like if you if you know about color identity and you look at all these these guys, all the uh, the green mana aligned gills, for instance, they all have their big giant, stompy creatures in one way or another the gruel clans they 're led by uh, boba yigmos who 's a giant Cyclops who crushes people and eats them. Uh, you know, and the Simic Combine—they they straight up make Kaiju, which they call Crises. Uh, the Slesnia guys—they have those giant worms and uh, elementals that they make. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's uh, oh, and the Golgari—they have a lot of giant bugs. So yeah, it's it's all in there. It's kind of cool when you like look at it. Like in the broad pictures, you can see kind of the. The tendrils of the of the of the colors uh, coming out in all the guilds, which is fun. And just for your information, there are only two guild masters still alive that signed the original guild pact way back when: uh, the dragon Niv Mizzet of the Izzet League and uh, the demon Rakdos. And uh, Azor is still alive, but he, he's on Ixalon. He was guarding the uh, the Unconquered Sun or whatever that artifact was that everybody was after. But that's another story. My buddy in this like weird. Euphoric stoner logic moment the other day. We were talking about Ravnica, and he and he was telling me he's like, you know, you know what, The best way to think about Ravnica—they're a corporate dystopia. They're they're you know fantasy cyberpunk, and I'm like, that is so right. Like, do do you see it, Jonathan? You know, these big uh, monolithic guilds that control all aspects of society and are kind of like too big to to fail and you know half the population works for them and the pe- the population that does literally has more rights than the people yeah, who don't i mean
0: it, it's the same thing just minus well i guess not even minus it's just different glowy bits
1: yeah yeah instead of like you know holograms and neon it's you know illusions and you know lightning coils i guess
0: man they and now you got me thinking about that new cyberpunk 2075 game we're coming out sorry i'm just like i'm chomping at the bit for that
1: i'm concerned about that game but we'll, we'll see we'll see <laughs>
0: i don't know man witcher all three of those games are so good
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's the the company's had some snafus lately that have been making me think. But that's that's neither here nor there.
0: Anyway, continue.
1: Cyberpunk, it's it's cyberpunk. Like that's kind of the best way to think about it. I mean, it's it's like more Shadowrun than Shadowrun because it actually is like, you know, a fantasy game instead of actually, you know, instead of having the sci-fi bits. So, you know, if if that's something you never liked about Cyberpunk or of uh, Shadowrun or you want something, you know, different or if you just want to play D&D but, you know, do more Shadowrun adventures, like yeah, is kind of where it's at for that. And yeah, and also the thing they talk about in the fluff too a little bit is there. There are other power players and factions on Ravnica besides the ten guilds. You know, like having a you know low level game where you know there's like gangs and gang warfare, and then like you know oh god the feds the Azorius are coming like run you know that type of stuff. You could totally do that in Ravnica too. So it's it's pretty cool for that. It's it's a different vibe than normal D anD D, but it's it it is what it is.
0: Any questions about the guilds, Jonathan? No, they're all very straightforward. Well, at least the descriptions that you gave me are.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I tried to distill it as much as I could. You know, obviously it's more nuanced and blah, but whatever.
0: Guilds twice distilled for your drinking pleasure. Mm hmm, mm hmm.
1: Ravnica, Jonathan, is Ravnica a city or the planet? You
0: no, know, I do not know. I mean, I'd imagine it's just the world, right?
1: Uh, it's both. So Ravnica City started out as a city, but then it slowly creeped out and basically encircled the planet. Now, we're not talking like Coruscant. Coruscant was a Star Wars city. Coruscant. Coruscant. We're not talking about Coruscant levels of, you know, like giant towers and stuff. Like there's a lot of areas on on Ravnica, which, you know, you and I would consider uh, semi-rural suburban areas. But the point is every plot of land on Ravnica at some point has had a fence built around it and, you know, in paper, in, in the legal stuff is owned by somebody. Things have been abandoned and there's ruins, too. But, yeah, all of Ravnica has been sort of, cons- you know, claimed by some somebody or something. So Ravnica is a giant city that circles this planet and now the planet is ba- ravnica the planet ravnica the city are basically the same thing now if there was a, a name for it previously it's kind of been lost in the last ten thousand years but uh the ruined areas i talked about they, they're kind of fun they're called rubble belts and they're infested with the gruel clans and uh yeah yeah they're they're ruins and sometimes the ruins uh, animate themselves into the city elementals and go on rampages so there you go. If you're wondering why do they need an army if there's a worldwide city that's presumably at peace, it's like, yeah, no, there's barbarians that just sort of, like, live in the abandoned areas, you know? Good times. Good times. Most of the fiction is set in a place called the 10th District, which is in the Ravnica proper. It's where all of the guilds have their their main bases. There are supposedly 10 districts. I don't know why all of the major guild things are in the 10th one, but... I'm assuming because there's ruins and stuff around, maybe they moved around over time. Who knows? You can probably fill that in with whatever canon you'd like in your own game. And uh, yeah, that's 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 Ravnica in a nutshell, Jonathan. I love magic. I mean, those worlds are just ridiculous. I agree. And Ravna- Ravnica is just yeah. Like I, I I haven't seen a really good like cyberpunky D and D setting, and this this really does it. Okay, so
0: Robert Ravnica, obviously very detailed world, lots going on there. The real question is how does it translate? Because that's that's something that we've noticed with the uh with the smaller modules. How does it translate to D and D?
1: Well, not so well, and there there's kind of a problem one too. So um I, I, I kinda of thought about it as the there's the good, the bad and the ugly about, <laughs> about Ravnica. <laughs> no,
0: nope, nope, not too
1: much. We can't okay. afford it. <laughs> <laughs> bum 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 bum. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's just downright frightening.
1: <laughs> do you want, what do you want? Do you want the good, the bad, or the ugly? What order? Let's start with the ugly first. Let's, go, let's get the ugly out of the way. I don't know how much we've talked about Eberron uh, on the show. I, I know I've been playing in an Eberron game that I've mentioned a couple times. Eberron and Ravnica have a lot in common uh, thematically, like big picture stuff. Uh, there's a lot of like, you know, magic is technology, just that type of thing. A lot of... It's not a perfect, you know, they're not exactly the same thing because Eberron is much more like Indiana Jones, you know, pulp, you know, go punch fantasy Nazis in the face and run around the world and steal treasures and whatnot. And Ravnica, again, is like cyberpunk and it's a lot more gray, but like the trappings, especially if you do a a more city based campaign, you know, if like you go to Eberron's version of New York, it would be maybe not indistinguishable, but it would look a lot like Eberron. You know, and that's that's kind of a problem, I think. Like, if you're really into Eberron, I think it's really easy for you to not get what makes Ravnica interesting. And to be fair, you're probably right. The bigger things that make Eberron interesting are also the things that make Ravnica interesting. It's just sort of the the story format you want to follow, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the good or the bad, what would you like next? Let's go for the bad. Let's get the bad out of the way. Uh, Ravnica... Is not designed to be d and D setting. It's designed to be a storytelling device for ten guilds that represent two colors of magic, and it's not really considered or thought of to be anything more than that. Uh, some of the the magic worlds have done better with that because, like, um, the Zendikar block was all about adventuring. Like it was, there was the idea of it. There there would be heroes and they would go explore, and so it's really easy to translate that into D and D. But like cyberpunk is not typically D and D's thing. You know, like faction wars and, and betrayals. Yeah, just,
0: the, the, the rules just aren't set up for it.
1: No, no, they're not. And uh, and then, you know, the things that are much more common in D&D, like, you know, dungeons and dragons. There's dungeons, but they're going to be fluffed very differently, you know, because they will be like abandoned warehouses that are full of gangs or something or, you know, something like that. Or like a rival guild's like something, you know what I mean? It's there, but you kind of have to go looking for it and sort of explain it differently in your head. So it's just it's just. Not a great fit for a lot of the more classic tropey D and D stuff. You gotta have to like branch out a little bit to to make it work. Not that it's bad. It takes a little more work to get it to function. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's
0: that's something that we've we've run across with the uh, with the previous projects as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say most of them have that problem. Uh, with the exception being like Dominaria and uh, Ixalan, because Ixalan also had a really big focus on exploring, which is an easy trope for D and D to fall into.
0: Well, not, now that we got that nastiness out of the way, let's let's talk about what does work, because that's going to be the, the, the considerable bulk of what's left.
1: So, uh, yeah, Ravnica is not designed to be a and d setting. And what I like about it, and what I think makes for really interesting characters, is in the worlds of Magic the Gathering, magic is magic, you know? They, they don't have this, like, weird distinction between, like, divine and arcane, or if you're a fan of 4th edition, like, psychic and primal and all of that, like, power sources. Like, they, they don't think of it that way. Magic is magic. You could literally have a meeting of archmages in the setting and class wise, you could build them as this group as like, you know, a 20th level bard, a 20th level cleric, a 20th level sorcerer and, uh, you know, like a 20th level artificer and a 20th level scion, like, you know, anything like that. And people would consider them archmages. They're wizards. And people think of them as wizards. Mechanically, they do that. Uh, basically, if you join a guild, you can buy a guild signet, which has your guild symbol on it, and you can present it. But they say it also functions as a spellcasting focus uh, for any class. And what spellcasting focuses do is that you can hold it out and you know cast your spells through it. And you don't have to do some of the, the the component stuff that that's kind of legacy stuff from the game. But yeah, if you're a cleric, you can use it as your holy symbol and it will work. If you're a wizard, you can use it as like a wand or a staff and it will work. And it's it's just, it's all the same thing because it's, it's magic is magic. And you're just, you're just a wizard, Harry. You know, everybody's a wizard. You know, you don't think of yourself like, oh, I'm an Azorius um, and I want to play a cleric. Like, what God do I worship? It's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. You're an Azorius. You know, the, the the cops that are wizards in the Azorius guild are called law mages and you are just a law mage. That is it. And you could build your character around the idea that, or with like a cleric, and you could say, oh, I'm a cleric and I'll, I'll take, a, the the book has the order domain. And it's like, oh, I, I'm I'm an order domain cleric. I'm a law mage. But another player could say, I want to be a law mage too. I'm going to be a paladin. And you both cast spells. You're both wizards. Like, that's it. d and a lot of your character's identity is tied up in what class they take you know when you build your character it's like i'm a warlock and in this they invert it and it's much more top down you look at the concept in the magic fluff and then you just build a character that sort of just sort of mechanically fits what you want to do best in that concept so for example Slesnia has these guys called force mages which is a weird word for uh, nature-focused wizards, but that's what magic has. The force wizards are nature-focused wizards. And you could mechanically represent that easily with a druid, with a nature cleric, with an order of the ancients paladin. All of those are valid force mages, and you can just do it. Or you could, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be a a fire fist or a a fire mage in the Boros clan. I'll take the monk path and take all the fire-based stuff. In other settings, a monk wouldn't be considered a wizard, but you can just do it. It's like I'm a wizard, and my magic is I can make fire come out of me. Hell, the, the in the in the art book, they talk about the Gruel clans, and their shamans do uh, rages, and they think rages are magical and holy. And so it's like, yeah, I'm a shaman of the Gruel. I'm you know I'm a religious wizard figure in the Gruel that uses magic, and my magic makes me rage. And the girl would consider that a wizard, even though you're playing a barbarian and it's It's kind of a neat headspace to make characters in because it sort of breaks that mold of i am my class it's no what am i trying to sort of represent in magic and how am i going to achieve that mechanically and you you sort of look at it from a different point of view and it makes for interesting characters and 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 it makes for fun characters because like if you want to play like kind of a beat cop game where you're all azorius law mages you it's not forcing you to all be the same class all you have to do is just cast spells in one form or another so you can be like an eldritch knight and a ranger and a cleric and a sorcerer and it'll work you're all law mages it's fine
0: all right. Well, that brings us, of course, to the the final question. It, does it seem like it's going to be a fun playground to play Dungeons and Dragons in?
1: I think yes. Again, you you have to. I I think approaching it from cyberpunk lane, I think is probably the best way to think about it, and that's different. But I think it's it's probably the better way to approach it. But then again, if you if you've ever wanted to play a game full of you know you don't want to play the city watch, you want to play something a little bit more akin to cops. Like it's a good setting for that too. So it, it's. It does fantasy tropes differently, and, and you kind of have to watch out for that. But if if you're open to that, if that sound, sounds like something you want to do, like, Ravnica can be real, real interesting. Do you, do you have any final thoughts or questions about Ravnica? Here's the thing, like,
0: and this, this goes for every single Magic the Gathering world. It's intimidating when you're on the outside looking in. Yeah. You have to understand there are lots of things available for you to expand on that knowledge and it's more than just the book if you're if you're looking at at, at buying the book great that's a great starting point if Mm -hmm. you're really looking to embrace the lore and get the most out of it that that you're going to you're going to need to expand your search a little more
1: yeah the art book is great for that as always (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> also i um i would say this if if what we're saying intrigues you but you want to know more because they have gone back to this world so many times the the ravnica and i'll put this in the show notes but the uh the ravnica site on wizards website is very detailed and you can get you know all of the guilds all of the guild masters pictures of all of them because they've all been magic cards obviously uh at, like locations uh, just a lot of really neat looking art and like fluff for all of it. And it's it's fairly well detailed because, you know, every time they go back to this world, they just expand that site more. It's a good bridge because, you know, if buying the Guildmasters guide or the art book doesn't sound like something you want to commit to, but you want to know more, like that's a very good intermediate step. Also, all those YouTube videos I sent you today were from that, you know, the, the, the trailers. I don't know if you watched any of them. I did. I did. Those were cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's. You you can kind of go through levels. Like if you if you if you're like oh, I want to know a little bit more, but I don't know if I want to buy a book. Go to the website, and if if you still like what you see, then get the Guildmaster's Guide or the art book. Uh, you know, if you, maybe you don't want to run D anD D, maybe you want to run Fate or something. You can certainly do that too. Also, by the way, I I have gone all in on, on <laughs> Ravnica. I have I the di- see that there's I, more that you can buy. Yeah me. yeah. I, I I have them. Uh, there's a dice set, <laughs> and the dice are real pretty. Um, they've got blue numbers and they're kind of uh, they're clear plastic, but they've got like this uh, uh, silver uh, glittery shimmer kind of mixed into them. It looks real sweet. And, and, and the most gimmicky thing ever is in them. They have a 10 sided dice in it that's giant. It's it's one of those big 10 sided dice, you know? Yeah. It, instead of numbers, it has all the guild symbols on it. I'm like, I don't know why you'd ever need to roll this. It's like, yeah, I'm from the... Blah, blah, blah. Is it league? (laughs) You know, it's so it's so silly, but whatever. I love it. I don't know why I love it. I roll that thing constantly when I'm playing games, and people hate me because I'm rolling on loud wood. It also comes with 46, which is really nice, and it comes in a nice tin with a little foam insert to put all your dice back. So it's kind of sweet. I like it, and uh, they also have a map pack, which uh, is also really nice. It comes with uh, its cards, and I think they're finished, so you could draw on them with dry erase. I have not tested that yet, so don't quote me on it. But it's got an image of the map of the 10th district, and then it has all it has separate maps of all the sub-districts, and on the back side it has like encounter tables and stuff for all those areas, which is rad. And then it has 10 maps of, uh, in, the, in the Guildmaster's Guide, they have a, a breakdown of like common locations for each of the 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 guilds, you know, so they'll have like a Demir safe house or an Is It League uh like a small laboratory workshop thing or whatever, like a, a cathedral for the or, or- Orzov or a uh you know like a police station for the Azorius. And they have that map printed on one side and on the back is like more encounter tables and stuff that you'd find in it, which is really cool. Uh they have a map tied to the adventure that's in the book. And then they have um, a punch out sheet where you can uh, there's these minor magic items you can give out called guild charms. And they have a little card that has like an image of a guild character on one side. And then the guild charm text uh, broken down by guild on the back. It's a nice little map pack. I, I, I've never bought one of Wizards map packs before. So I, I was like, I need to take the plunge on this and check one out. So I, I decided this one randomly because Ravnik is rad. Any uh, any final thoughts you want to share with us? No, no. If anything I said is interesting, just uh, just go to that website and uh and take a poke around more and look at art, the art there it's rad well you know what that means robert hmm
0: that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the forgot my dice podcast
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm it does it does 58 okay so i i think we can unequivocally say this time jonathan next time we hear from you there will be an amelia
0: uh, uh, don't say that man don't say that because no? we're recording on the 25th and they won't induce until the 14th so that means we could have another podcast the chances are extremely high
1: okay when you say don't say that should i cut this out and say something else
0: (laughs) i mean say what you want
1: but Uh, i'm just i i don't want to be absolute because okay uh,
0: there is still a chance minor as it
1: may be that's fair that's fair that's fair okay okay i'll give you that one i'll give you that one you should you should just yell at jessica like have that baby i want to see pictures damn so it.
0: i saw this video of this dude that like jumps out of the closet and scares his wife and her water breaks and i was so tempted to do that this weekend <laughs> but baby it's so that you go into labor aren't you uncomfortable don't you want i'm trying to help well robert that brings us to the close of the episode which means once again we want you to join us on all of our digital domains we love to hear from you we love to hear what you're playing we love to comment and pass judgment. No, just kidding. That's just Robert.
1: And I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> my my philosophy is entertainment is meant to be entertaining, and if it entertains Absolutely. you, then it has succeeded. There is no such thing in this of fun police. It's okay just, to say something's not my cup of tea, but it is not I just okay wanted to, to s- make
0: you yell at me. And I won. Oh, I won that too. look at you! Look at you! You are but an instrument, and I played you. It was me, Robert. I was the architect of all your pain.
1: Oh my god, I can't express to you how much I hate you right now. I know, but it's a, that's a hate wrapped
0: in warm love.
1: I'm I'm, I'm literally petrified I love that rage. I got to
0: use the line from Spectre 2, by the way. It really made me happy.
1: Like, I, I'm so mad, I'm just slightly shaking and I can't move.
0: There's, there's nothing to be mad about. It happened. It's done now. I hate you i love you i hate you so much jonathan i love you so much Ah, oh. robert any final thoughts
1: now that you have fallen after the carpet was removed from beneath you Ah. Uh. <laughs> no i just want this to be over i'm done with you
0: <laughs> well in that case that brings us to the end of the episode which means
1: there's only one thing left to do robert party on yeah party on jonathan
0: betrayer you tone you tone in your voice
1: the music you heard in this podcast was intro by elithiel additional music was provided by brian Winkleman. funding for the forgot my dice podcast was provided by our supporters on patreon thank you